been in the game for over two decades, working with gangs, addiction, and mental health. And over the course of time, what I've learned is, sometimes you have to journey through the dark to find your way into the light. And now, we're gonna talk about it. Would you please join us for the movement of Mongo? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I wish I had a praying church. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Amen. I need somebody to act like God is real today. I need somebody to act like he's healed them. Amen. I'm telling you, when you walked up and talked to me today, you gave me goosebumps all over me because you're part of the reason we're doing this right here. Because some people don't believe that God can heal them. Some people don't believe that God's power and mercy is beyond measure. Today we're going to show them. Amen. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I want you to know, before you get started, before we get started here today, I'm thankful to this church for inviting me in. I was semi-retired. I pick and choose where I speak at. But when Reverend Case, giving honor to him, giving honor to God in this congregation, when he asked me, I came out of retirement. I teach at Oakwood Springs classes on a regular basis because the classes that I teach are so important to me because I was baptized in the deep waters of addiction. You don't hear me. I was baptized in the deep waters of addiction from the first time that I actually could bring back a memory of my father. It was with a beer bottle. It was with a drink in his hand. Every memory as a child was that. I didn't know what I was dealing with. I didn't. But somewhere, all of those experiences changed me. I'm going to teach you several things today. These are some of the courses that I teach. I have 15 modules that I teach. You're going to get three of them tonight. I generally do them one at a time. They cost money. I don't do nothing usually for free unless it's a church. Unless it's a church. But today I'm giving it to you for free. I'm going to give you something. Amen. What you need to know right off is if you're brokenhearted, if you're downtrodden, if you're in a situation where you've dealt with addiction, or you've got a family member that's dealing with addiction, okay, you know what? I wish I had a praying church because somebody in here knows. Somebody's got a daughter, a son that's dealing with addiction. Somebody's got a friend that needs to come out of it. Somebody in this room may be dealing with it right now. What I'm telling you is it is possible to get your life back. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I need you here. I knew my road dog was going to be here today. Amen. Amen. We can have church now in the kingdom. We can have church now. You know, sometimes you got to bring in home, home court advantage. Sometimes you got to bring in people who've been in class with you. I brought in some home court advantages in here. I'm going to teach you the first three modules for those. And for those who take it, it's going to make you powerful. 
what I'm telling you, it's going to make you powerful. Power is something that has to be taken. And in the case of us, sometimes we don't know how to take it. But when it's for free and when it'll change your life, I got one even better, when it'll change the life of the people that you are associated with, your children, your mama, your daddy, then you should take it. I want to give you real power, not monetary, not financial. I can't give you those things. But what I'm going to give you is going to be the power of healing, the power of recovery. First three, for free. All you have to do is take it. You don't hear me. I said power is what I'm going to give you today. Power to change your life. If you're sitting in here, it's because God brought you here. It's because God has a purpose for you. If you're sitting in here with me right now, this isn't an accident. Whenever I teach a class, I tell people, if you're not happy with what's going on, you don't like the way I look, it's too much black, it's too much jewelry, you'll have to forgive the jewelry. I lost my looks 10 years ago. But what I lost in looks, I gained in swag. Amen. So you'll have to forgive me. But if you don't like it, you can go right out that door in the front, right there. As a matter of fact, if you don't like this situation at all, there's a zoo straight up the street that you can go to. There's a casino just a little bit farther that you can go to. As a matter of fact, you can go to a movie. Tinseltown is up the street. Amen. But I want to keep it clear what you came here for. If you're here with me, it's because you want power, and I'm going to give it to you. Amen. Before we get started, I'm going to show you some slides because you need to know about addiction and how it's operating right now. We're getting ran over, smooth ran over by addiction. And we need more. It's a, it's a shame that the church is not have more people in it today. It is. Because I know that when you look at the statistics, this church should be full from here all the way out to the streets. They were right when she said I started out at an alternative charter school. That alternative charter school that I worked at had an 80% turnover rate. That 80% turnover rate was teachers. Teachers would leave in the middle of the day. It was so aggressive. And so we couldn't keep people hired to come in and teach the kids. And so during the course of time, my mom says I'm gifted in all kinds of things and my mind works differently. What I watched is the process of teachers who get degrees for curriculum and lesson plans coming in and they were dealing with aggressive kids uh, that they didn't know how to deal with. So I created a form of what you're getting ready to see here modules for them to learn how to deal with that aggressive environment. Sometimes it's not that they're aggressive, sometimes we're just a little bit louder. Look at me. Amen. Sometimes we're just a little bit louder. Sometimes because of different races, nationality, background, uh, environment, what happens is we start to do things a little different. And so when teachers didn't know how to, how to deal with that, then we started creating a way to help them. In the process of helping the teacher, we also started to teach the kids. And so we would teach the kids the same curriculum, and then we would teach the, the teachers and the students that same thing so they understand what the rules and the regulations were. By the time the kids got through that curriculum, they would come into the auditorium every morning during breakfast, and we would go over the expectations and the support system they had and the rules and regulations. 
By the time they were there for two or three weeks, they could go over those same rules and regulations with us and tell us verbatim what the expectation was. So a lot of times when it comes to healing, when we talk about support systems, they're very important. When we talk about setting boundaries, it's very important. Some of those things have to be put in place if you want a successful healing process. It doesn't happen on its own. Uh, Pretlow, if you would, give us the first video. These are real statistics right here from the American, from the American Addiction Center. 20 million people, 20 million ages 12 and over who report a substance use disorder. Out of that 20 million, only 10% will receive care. 10% will receive care. That means that we're dealing with about 9, 18 million people who are dealing with addiction, who are dealing with mental health issues that are not getting help. That's staggering. Predlow, if you'll give us our next one. 46% of people right here in America have a family member or close friend who is or has been addicted to drugs. I would probably say it's more than that because we know, or we wouldn't be here right now, that addiction doesn't really work that way. Once you're in it, that's the, we call it the fraternity. That fraternity right there, amen, you know what I'm saying. That fraternity right there don't just let you go. It doesn't. It takes work to get out of it. I call it the fraternity because it's the only one that when your mom or dad joins it, when they become addicted to something, when your child joins it, they become addicted to something, you join it. You end up in it. Ask anybody in here who's had a husband or a wife that was dealing with addiction. Your family members are also part of that fraternity. So when the husband loses his job, all the people in the house suffer. When you're praying for your child to get off of meth, you don't hear me. When you're praying for your child to get off heroin, you don't hear me. All of a sudden, those prayers that you have for them start to affect you. Because somewhere, when it turns from one year to two years to three years, and they're still hooked, I got one even better for you. Five years, ten years, and you're still hooked. All of a sudden, you start to realize, God, what is going on? I thought you would answer this prayer for me. Why haven't they gotten off? I thought we could turn this off like a light switch, and it don't turn off. And you're still wishing and praying. I got one even better. I'm going to go a little bit deeper. The first time that you ever held your child in your hands and you held that baby and looked at it and you thought, this could be the next president. This baby right here that I'm looking at, this baby could be a doctor or attorney. And then all of a sudden, they turn 20-something years old and what you start to find out is, I never dreamed that my baby would be on meth. That wasn't the dream I had. I never dreamed that my... my Wife would be hooked on heroin. That's not what I thought was going to happen. All of a sudden, all those dreams are out the window. And all you want at that point in time is for your child to be healed. Fred Law, if you'll go to the next slide. 12% of illicit drug users who are African-American. Here 
in America, that 12% equals out to 33% of drug incarcerations of African Americans. Here in Oklahoma, it's almost 50%. It's a small percentage of people here, African Americans, but it makes up the largest percent of who's in prison today. That's scary. So being right here in Northeast Oklahoma, we should be concerned about what's getting ready to happen with our children, our families, etc. Fred Love, you'll give me the next one. 30% increase in overdeaths since uh, 2019. And we'll do one more, Pretlow. That next one should be our Time Magazine article. Last year, Time Magazine put out an article. And in that article, it was, the whole book is called The Science of Addiction. It talked about something I had never heard of. And some of you have probably never heard of it. It's a term that is only used generally for patients who are dealing with children who are dying of cancer. It's called chronic grief. Chronic grief is a syndrome that family members go into. They had to start, they had to start giving it to people who were dealing with severe depression, number one, but also people who were dealing with addiction. Addiction because they're watching your kid, your child, go into this process that's almost like watching a kid die of cancer. It's one of the most horrible things that can happen. And they talk about the extent of that. Because if you're dealing with one year and two years, and then it turns into five and then 10 and then 15, the person who loves that child that's going through it starts to spiral into that chronic grief. And then they need healing and help themselves. There's some family members in here that are dealing with chronic grief right now. A lot of times you don't want to admit it because of the shame that is put on addiction, because of the shame that is put on mental health issues. But that's why we're here now, so we can change that. I'm going to give you three things, three. And in those three, it's going to make you powerful. It's going to change your life today. Pretlow, if you'll give our next one. This is also from the American Addiction Center's statistics. Spirituality and religion are a key source of strength among the African-American population. And spirituality should be emphasized as a potential coping mechanism during treatment for African-Americans. Studies have shown that spirituality among African-Americans in recovery from substance abuse is associated with more positive outcomes. So your belief, some of you may have a different belief. Your God may be Allah. It may be Muhammad. You may be a Buddhist. For me and my God, we worship Jesus Christ. That's my Lord and Savior. What I'm going to tell you is that that correlation of healing sticks longer. It gives you a better outcome. Amen. Thank you. I wish I had a praying church today. The power of Christ, and I told you I was going to give you power today, but you have to be willing to take it. That power will change the dynamic of relationships. It'll change your life. It'll take you someplace, but you have to be willing to grab it. I'm getting ready to give you module one here in a second. Prelo, would you show that last amen? This is where we are right now, right here. Our next 
three are going to be pretty standard. But I'm going to use videos to show you three things that are going to make you powerful. If you're dealing, if you're dealing with addiction, it's going to make you powerful. If you're a family member that's dealing with somebody addicted, it's going to make you powerful. If you don't deal with addiction at all, you will be, I promise you. 46% means one, one out of two, one out of two, and out of that one out of two, I think it's higher than that now because that was like 2020 that that came out. And now the marijuana is medicinal here in Oklahoma. I guarantee you that that number is higher. When we started, as a matter of fact, before I give you this first module, marijuana psychosis would come in probably, we'd get three or four people a month. It's almost jumped 500%, 500. It might be more than that. We now get probably from three or four a month, we probably get five or six a week, maybe 10 a week that are dealing with psychosis. So that is an, a serious situation, almost on epidemic levels. The first module I'm gonna show you is gonna require a video. This video, for those who are dealing with healing of any kind, is old school. Some of you would probably prefer that I would show the Avengers, Black Panther, uh, Iron Man, Wonder Woman, but I pulled a oldie but goodie out of the hat. It's gonna age me a little bit, but that's okay. In this particular video, you're getting ready to watch Superman save Lois Lane. Not any Superman, Christopher Reeve's Superman. Christopher Reeve's Superman is on my phone, on the screensaver. Made that such a, such a huge impact on me and my brothers. We would put on sheets on our necks and we would play and we would pretend that we were saving people. That's how big of an impact it made on us. And then we would have to fight and argue over who got to be Lex Luthor, the villain, because nobody wanted to be the villain. But Pretlow, if you'll show this first one, this is literally one of the videos that I teach. What you're getting ready to watch is a clip from that film. Now in the film, the gentleman with the hat is Clark Kent. Clark Kent is Superman's secret identity. He has to save Lois Lane. Now, I told you, I'm gonna make you powerful in here, but you gotta grab it. In the scene, I've watched this a thousand times, it still gives me goosebumps. Right there. Nowhere else will you find that music that takes you someplace. Excuse me. That is a bad outfit. Now in the movies, when somebody falls from a building, Superman, Batman can fly up and grab them. Always a happy ending. Now as you watch the next clip, you'll watch this helicopter start to fall. Now he just saved her. Surely he's not going to save us, catch the helicopter too. Of course he did, he's Superman. Of course he did. Look at that. If we had people cheering and clapping like that whenever our child got off of meth, whenever our child, amen, whenever our child 
got past alcoholism, you don't think that would make them feel some kind of way? But this is a movie. We need some of this in real life. And then, of course, sets the helicopter down, doesn't even get a scratch on him. Now this is 1978. I want you to watch him fly out. I don't know how they did that, but that still looks real to me. Me and my brothers would jump up and down in the room when we watched that. Thank you, Predlo. You're saying, what does this have to do with the three things of healing that you're getting ready to teach me? This is what it has to deal with. I'm getting ready to give you the secret. I'm getting ready to make you powerful. If you hold on to this, I promise you it'll change your life. I'm gonna say one phrase and you're never gonna forget it. You'll never forget it as long as you live. You won't forget your speaker, whether it's the all black, whether you don't like me, whatever the situation is. You're not gonna forget me and you're not gonna forget what I'm getting ready to tell you next. You're gonna take it home and you're gonna think about it. If you grab it, It'll make you powerful. Are we ready? Are you sure you're ready? I promise. Dedrick, let me tell you something. I'm not sure they're ready for this phrase. <laughs> Dedrick, I promise you they're not ready for this. They're absolutely ready. Are you sure? Give it to them. Okay. Here it goes. Superman isn't going to save you. Let me tell you something. Your healing starts with you. And what I teach people when they come to the place that I work, if you're looking for Superman to take away your meth addiction, it's not gonna happen. If you're looking for Batman to show up and take away your alcoholism, he's not gonna do it. If you're looking for Wolverine and the Black Panther to show up to take away heroin addiction, it's not gonna happen. Your healing is gonna start with you today, right now. If you want your life better, then you gotta be your Superman. You got to put things in place to make it happen. Don't you sit back and wait on somebody because you just going to be waiting. I got another one for you. If you're waiting on mom and daddy to do it, they can't. It's all based on you and your power. You have a man. Thank you. I have somebody in here that knows. Amen. You got to do it. As a matter of fact, there's people standing in here. There's proof of healing in this building today. There's proof of healing in this building today. It takes you making the decision. I don't know what that'll take, but sometimes when you're dealing in the situation where you're in the deep waters of it, you don't hear me. When you're in the deep waters of it, you start to lose hope. You start to give up, you wanna quit. You wanna give up on the person that you've been praying for. Don't stop praying for them. Don't give up on them. That article that I was telling you about with, with Time Magazine, it literally says, if you were looking for that person to get better, it doesn't matter how many times, and I have it right here, right there. Get a copy of it if you can. 
No matter how many times you want them to get better, no matter how many times you push for them to get healing, it will never happen until they are ready. Until they are ready. It says no matter how many rehabs, no matter how many times you go through this with them, and in the process, the tragedy is there's a parent praying for their kid, there's a kid praying for their dad or their mom. They're going through it. And at that time, you're saying to yourself, God, why ain't you heard my prayers? God has answered the prayers. But remember, that person has to be ready. They have to be ready and willing. And they have to know that healing starts with them. Superman isn't going to save them. So I've just taught you module number one. It's going to make you powerful. Superman isn't going to save you. You got to do that yourself.